What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. We appreciate everyone that is clicking, watching, or doing whatever you want normally with this episode. Uh, if you guys do miss this episode, feel free to listen tomorrow morning on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast, the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And as always, Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Like, comment, subscribe. Be in the comment section. Offseason is running. We missed you guys last week because this freaking guy decided he had to go work in Houston and make money. And, like, come on, guys. He, Bills Talking about the Bills is more important than making money. But, Lance, how we doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Uh, got a little something in my throat here, so if I have to mute and uh, cough uh, spontaneously, that's why, so you know. And uh, uh, doing good. It was a little bit of a refreshing break to take a week off, but it was not by yeah, any means nice. for any sort of for sort of uh, leisure. So it was a uh, a hard week out in Texas. But that's what you say. Glad to that's be back. That's what you say, man. I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you were doing doing in Texas. You could have been a you could have been a party. Yeah. You weren't partying, were you? No, I don't really do that anymore. Anymore? What happened? Oh, let's not dive into our personal lives. Um, <laughs> before we before we get started here, we got some, the combines this week, guys. We're going to be previewing the combine. Interesting thing to preview because it's a bunch of guys in tight shorts running up and down the field and getting written, stuff written about them. But we're going to preview that next week. We're going to recap the combine uh, and get the draft content going and then get the free agency going. And we got you guys locked and loaded with free agency and draft. But before we do that, Lance, Underdog Fantasy, get people on it, man. Yeah, use promo code BLITZ when you sign up for Underdog Fantasy, and you'll get your deposit matched up to $100. So uh, go out, sign up for Underdog Fantasy at underdogfantasy.com or in your uh, app store. Download Underdog Fantasy app and get the best uh, daily fantasy app out there. They have pick'ems and daily drafts as well. Uh, unique way to play and try to win some money. Also, John Robert, one of our more loyal listeners, decided to lay out exactly what is going on in the NFL combine here. So throughout the show, check back into the comments section at 8.01 PM. And John Robert gave you on Facebook, gave you exactly what you guys need. So instead of going to work, you guys are going to be watching guys run in tight shorts. Cause that's what the NFL combine is. But yeah, this is the workout schedule on NFL network, man. It looks like John Robert had this ready and locked and loaded to go. He's always on his game. Huh? Man, he was ready for this. Man, he's been, he was like, I didn't see you guys last week. And he's been like, you know what? I'm going to do a little special thing for you guys. So appreciate it. Hi. Hi, Lance's mom. Lance, your mom thought you were going to get sick. Yeah, I'm not necessarily sick. I just got a little something. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A little suspicious, man. A little suspicious. Okay. Let's get, let's get locked and loaded. And as always, guys, the comment section is open. Feel free to drop your thoughts on the draft, some prospects. Maybe you want us to talk about some prospects. Drop that prospect. Lance and I are more than happy to uh, break them down. So, Lance, we'll start with a little bit of an intro to the NFL Combine. What are you looking for uh, this week, man? Yeah, I, for me, when I watch the NFL Combine, I think the, um, <clears throat> you know, the main thing is pure athleticism. Uh, you talk about, 
you know, Bruce Feldman's freak list and things like that, right? Where <laughs> you like to watch and it's just it's fun to see these young men go out there and just stretch the limits of, of physical ability and things like that. Um, seeing, you know, large men move quickly or not so quickly and just kind of some of those um appreciate it, Wayne. Now, some of those people, um the partic all the participants, you know, work hard to get to this point and kind of one of the first steps to starting to realize their dream. Um, so it's a, it's a special moment for, for those guys to kind of take it in and, and yeah. participate there. And it's also a cool time to, you know, like today um, you heard from a lot of coaches and GMs. So it's a good time to start getting everyone back together, start firing up some, some rumors and, and get the, get the rumor mill hot and, and the fire stoked. And I think you'll hear a lot of that coming out tomorrow and throughout the week here of different things where conversations might be had between teams and coaches and GMs. So um, not only the participants and, and looking at the athleticism on the field, but also kind of what washes out of this is, you know, getting that rumor mill started for first exciting things in offseason free agency, as well as the draft. You know what I'm looking for? The, the overreaction to some of the guys, some of the prospects, right? Like <clears throat> this is the week where guys get drafted higher than they're supposed to. Mm. This is the week that makes John Ross a early first round pick, right? It's one of the reasons Gabe Davis was a fourth round pick and not a third round pick or a second round pick, right? Guys for, and I'm more alluding to the 40 times of some of these guys, right? And we, we always talk about, man, we got some bots in the comment section, Lance. Let's get those figured out, man. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, we do have we do We do have some bots in the comment section, I think. Got you. Uh, no, I'm messing with you. No. Uh, but, Lance, we have, we have guys that test incredibly, right, but then don't have that on-field tape. So they're taken higher than they're supposed to, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that drill that usually – Results in that is the 40-yard dash, right? And you, you don't even have to watch it. You'll go on social media, and you'll see NFL Network or just people pick it up, right? And you'll see, oh, my God, this guy ran a 4-3-5, right? Uh, and he, he was originally supposed to be a fifth-round pick. Oh, now we're talking about him being a day-two pick, right? And I'm not saying those guys don't turn into stars or don't turn into productive NFL players. But we see this time and time. I always take this week with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, you're running 40 yards straight or you're doing the three cone drill or you're catching balls with nobody um, guarding you or with no pads. You're throwing balls with nobody uh, guarding or nobody bearing down to you, nobody guarding your receiver, right? Like this isn't a pro day. This isn't a, a combine thing, but it's similar to the pro day. One of the reasons Zach Wilson was uh, drafted higher than he was ever supposed to that one pro day throw that that kind of swarmed the internet, which is similar to the combine. Exactly the same thing for quarterbacks, right? You see mm -hmm. a guy, and a guy has his arm strength, but it's totally different when you get into a live action, right? So you'll see guys, Lance, Joe, you know, Joe Melton, the quarterback from Tennessee, freakish arm, level of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert arm, but struggles with the accuracy. I bet you when he's, if he throws this week and if he, whenever that clip is, you'll see an 80 yard bomb on social media, right? And people are going to be like, oh my God, we have to take Joe Milton. But then you go back and watch his tape and he can't hit a five yard checkout, check down because he has no accuracy. Right. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. I like the overhype. I think it's cool. Uh, it's good for social media views. It's good for getting content out there. It's great, but we're going to overreact to some players. And you know what, Lance, when Gabe Davis fell in the fourth round, 
you're going to have guys that maybe the bean or other team staff. So like, I hope this guy runs a little slower than he's supposed to, because his game yeah. tape says he's faster than what we're going to see on this 40 yard dash. For example, Gabe Davis, that clip that always surfaces this time of the year. Uh, he runs a four, five, four. They wanted him to be in that four five. So you can get him later in the draft. Uh, so you have guys that be like, Oh my God, his speed's a little thing struggling. You can get him in the third and fourth round and he turns into a stud. Uh, for sure. So it's good. And it, it becomes uh bad, but it, it works for those athletic players, Lance. Those freakishly athletic receivers, man, are going to have a fun day at the combine this week because that's when they kind of make their name. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's a time where people kind of you know attach their not attach their name necessarily, but they kind of hitch their wagon to certain guys based upon a certain trade or a certain uh, drill yeah. that they see go well, and yeah. um, that's the fun of it. I think too is being able. Oh, I think to it's see, great you know, things like the shuttle drills and just more than it's more than just, you know, 40 times, although those that's probably the most thing that the people watch or the thing that the people watch the most is probably the 40 times and things. But I, all the measurements getting, you know, your your heights and weights now, it's interesting because these guys have to come off of a season kind of, you know, de-stress and, and uh, you know, alleviate the swelling and stuff and then get their bodies right to kind of get to this point. And it's interesting just for me to see, you know, how people are going to measure out height and weights and things like that as well, just to see a little bit more, you know, information and, and just yeah. see how, um, you know, hands, you know, hand size is always the big thing, I think for quarterbacks, but, Quarterback. but also maybe for receivers and especially for people in Buffalo looking for guys to come play in the cold and stuff. I think you're going to mm -hmm. look at some guys that want to, you know, you want to have guys, and maybe have some bigger hands and things if they're in the receiving category. One other thing about what to look for, something that we really don't get to see that much stuff gets circulated because of the day and age we're in 2024 social media. But Lance, this is the time that Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, and other GMs and coaches on the league get to meet with prospects and get to talk to prospects, right? You have prospects that they talk to Lance, they have one conversation with them, and I bet you they cross them off their board right? It's just how it is. And there's some other guys that have great conversations with them that rise up their board, right? It's right. it's the week to get to know people, get to know people on a personal level. You can watch as many college games as you want. You can go to as many college games as you want. Eventually, you have to meet this guy on a personal level because if you draft him, he comes right into the culture that you're trying to build or the, the team that you're trying to build. And you draft him to be a contributor to to get to the eventual goal of winning a Super Bowl. And you want to see how this guy reacts to certain questions and what he does in testing uh, and all that stuff. So it's the first time you get to talk to some people or most of the or most of the prospects that you're interested in. Obviously, we don't get to know a full ton of that just because that is kept private for the most part uh, outside of leaks and that kind of thing. Somehow it always leaks some stuff. But for the, for the high-profile guys like the Marvin Harrisons of the world and those type of players, but the guy that the Bills are going to draft in the third round, we won't know. But maybe the reason they drafted this guy in the third round, obviously is on-field stuff, but also because how he conducts himself off the field. For sure. Yeah, um, obviously the, the attitude and demeanor and kind of doing the right thing off the field as well is going to matter here. And uh, it's funny, you know, just because Matt Ariza just got signed uh, yeah. not too long ago and, and you know, the Bills checked everything out on that and then had that um, play out the way it did. It's kind of funny. So it's not a perfect process by any means. Everyone yeah. goes through it. And and uh, I think it's that's the beauty of it. Um, you know, it's not it's not a perfect process and, and things um, 
go different ways sometimes. So that's the I think that's the intriguing uh, portion about this as well. Yeah. Okay. Time to get to actually talking about some legit prospects. Uh, we're going to talk about some guys that stand out down the road. Uh, maybe some under the radar prospects, potential guys that are skipping uh, the combine as well. Um, I have an article I want to shout out when we get to the under the radar prospect prospects that I wrote. Uh, and I'll talk about those three guys as well. But Lance, if you say quarterbacks, I'm going to smack you because we don't need quarterback. Favorite position group. You can say, look, it could be position group if you're just watching it, but maybe more focused on for the Bills and what they need. But what is your favorite position group? Maybe that after you're done work, you go look on social media and see how these guys tested. Yeah, it's going to be the defensive tackles for me, I think. And defensive, I was going to say defensive linemen, but I'll narrow it even down to the defensive tackle uh, group as well. I just think that um, it's really um, interesting to see just ha having really large men who are freakishly athletic here. Um, the three guys I'm, I'm looking for in this group are Byron Murphy. If he if he gets down to the end of the first round, could be okay. a great asset um, next to Ed Oliver. It's all like, for me, it's like, who can we put next to Ed Oliver to maximize both players um, at the position? So and You're also thinking maybe long-term with Daquan Jones, if he, even if he's back, he's not here for the next five years. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, age is, un you know, father time's undefeated. So no disrespect to Daquan Jones. He's going to be a fantastic part of this team if he's back this year but um you know yeah for the future we you know we have that Oliver locked up and we need to kind of get a running mate for him i think for the for the future and start develop at least start developing it even if they don't come in and plug in right away um his mate uh at texas tavandre sweat also just giant i mean i can't imagine Did we just draft just both having a giant person but no i don't think i don't think that'd be good but um uh, having that large of a man next to that Oliver just would make such a, a difference in this defense. I, I just think that that's, yeah. um, I, but I'm looking to see kind of how that comes to fruition. How does he move at the combine here? And, and how does that, how do I think that, that his performance at the, on those drills can translate, um, to the league and then a deeper round one. Cause I don't want to just talk about the top um echelon guys the whole time but another just big dude is uh jordan jefferson out of lsu i think we talked about him earlier in another show before with, with an, around the senior bowl and it, he's just a guy um that again he's gonna be a force um to be reckoned with on the inside and when you put him with a guy like ed oliver you pin him between greg rousseau and ed oliver i just think that that makes a defensive line that's going to be really um uh, scary so hey um, i had i had Jordan Jefferson gonna... in my article for the under the radar prospects dang right you did and so <clears throat> john roberts coming in sweats 350 yeah we'll see i mean that's the that's kind of the thing that i want to see like all right how big is he how you know now that you know think they've come off the the season and things have they um you know how are they taking care of their body where you know where is he at is he gonna be a little bit heavier than 350s are you going to be a little bit lighter than 350 where is he going to come in at those are all part of the things that i think um are interesting for for me about this process um, well, answer, real... we got oh go i was going to go to a comment because we're talking about defensive tackles oh uh, what's up pat how are we doing man appreciate you uh you, you uh, enjoying us that sounded weird appreciate you tuning in tonight yes 
I don't know what I was about to say. Uh, Mason <laughs> Smith, uh, an LSU teammate, along with Jordan Jefferson. You done anything on Mason Smith? I haven't really. Um, but I'm just now doing it. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to look it up here uh, to see. He's six six three fifteen at the moment uh, on his website. Like that size for sure. So I haven't done a lot. Obviously, we're still early in the process of trying to evaluate, and I don't want to give you guys like, like quote unquote bullshit information here. Um, Mason Smith. I'm trying to find him on Draft Buzz. Yeah, I'm not seeing him come up, but um, yeah, uh, Pat, I don't, I haven't really looked at Mason too much. Um, but I mean, if that's if that's the size he's at, those are the kind of guys I'm interested in seeing more of. Um, kind of this week throughout the combine and things is are those guys with the size how do they move with that size and that's kind of the intrigue um i think yeah so some strengths they've list under uh for mason smith on i'm on nfl.com with all the combine invites with player stuff they said he's a former five-star signee with plus traits and untapped potential uh can use long levers to strike and leverage blockers off balance, has upper body power to extend and set an edge when in position. Effective club move to rid himself of the block with force, quick first two steps on pass rush downs, and hits blockers with stutter steps. An effective effective arm over to beat protection. He dealt with some injuries. Shoulder injury in 2021, ACL in 2022. That, that gives me a little bit of concern. A guy with some track history um but pat you're right like lance said right away his size kind of pops off the board to you uh so that is something that we could be 100 looking for um in a prospect so yeah um he's someone 100 uh any other d tackles you want to talk about lance no i was gonna move a little bit towards the um the defensive the defensive line category as a whole yeah. Um, just kind of mention uh, another pair of teammates here in Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac, um, defensive ends out of Penn State. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if there's – it could be that Chop Robinson could be the best player available at the end of round one potentially. Um, it's not necessarily the position I want the Bills to draft at the end of round mm-hmm. one by any means. But if he's best player available there and they really think that's where the value is um, – I could get excited about that. And then Adisa Isaac would be more um, in the, in the later in the second round um, right now. Um, we'll see how he tests this week and if he improves that or um, maybe, maybe drops. So, you know, we'll see that. And then another guy that I'm just starting to come, you know, really get some more info on and really interested to watch this week is uh, Darius Robinson out of Missouri. Um, I think he's got big size again, at the defensive end position, um, just showed some impressive uh, some things. And if if he is projected by NFL Draft Buzz as a fourth round pick, if that holds true, that fourth round is perfectly where he might fit with us. But you're saying no, he's going to go higher than that. Remember when a couple weeks ago I told you Darius Robinson was that guy that <clears throat> could completely skyrocket mm-hmm. uh, up this board. I think he's. I don't think he is going to be a first round pick. I think he 100% could be, though. Like, I think he's pushing that. Uh, I think he's super talented. He can play both edge uh, and D tackle. And he's one of the guys I mentioned. I did a tweet like, guys that would D tackles I would take in the first round. And I put him in it because he's also an edge. And I just 
kind of lumped them together. He's yeah. a guy that is 100% in play at 28, in my opinion. Um, I think he's going to have a, an insane, insane combine. Uh, Chad Robertson, I like. His measurables are off the charts. Uh, his athleticism is off the charts. His production at Penn State's a little underwhelming, uh, but we know the Bills don't. That doesn't stop the Bills from taking guys. They like guys with potential. Uh, NFL.com has him ranked as the second best edge rusher in this class behind uh, Jared Verse out of Florida State. <clears throat> and in front of guys like uh, Latou out of UCLA and Dallas Turner out of Alabama that will, probably won't be there at 28 for the Bills. <laughs> well, we, you gave me whatever you just held. What the heck you got? You just gave it to me. No, but yeah, Darius yeah. Robinson. I, when you said edge is not the pick at 28 or the pick you would most likely want, and I agree with you, but I think Bills fans probably have to start not getting on board, but ha- keep that in the back of your mind of a possibility because of the edge room right now. And free agency, free agency changes that. If you go, they go bring in two to three edge rushers that are legit edge rushers, Epidence is back, Ford's back, whatever, right? If they fill that room, then I think we can cross that off as a first round pick. Uh, and you probably look more to maybe end of day two, early day three uh, as a potential future edge rusher. And, uh, but yeah, I, I would say that's 100% in play. Uh, you know what? Save it for third round and go get my man Brandon Dorless, who I think is obviously going to have a freakish combine. He fits that combine mold of just super uber talented and super athletic and has a, a frame like on, unlike anybody else in this draft. And those are the guys that excel at the combine. For sure. Um. So what's let's your talk favorite position group? I was gonna, uh, look, so receivers are fun, right? Refe- receivers get the clicks on social media. Receivers get uh, the buzz on social media. You can get just talk about receivers, talk about receivers, talk about receivers. They get a little boring after a while, and I, and I I do want a receiver in round one. That's the position I want. Let's talk about safeties because that's an also another glaring need. And well, the two people that come off the bat to me right now is Cameron Kitchens and Tyler Newbin. Do you take a safety in round one? That's kind of more of a, a positional kind of debate than I think a player debate in my opinion. But some some guy that I did an article about this week, and I'll bring him up later again. And a guy that I think you can get in the third round, maybe even the fourth, that I think is an absolute dog, but potentially might fit more of that Jordan Poyer role potentially. So it could be a little bit more down the road. And that is Tyke Smith out of Georgia. This dude, this past year at Georgia, had 70 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, and four interceptions. Eight and a half tackles for loss, and four interceptions. He's a tremendous open field tackler, super, super jumpy, has a crazy burst. Uh, His instincts are off the charts. Um, His size is probably the biggest concern that I think scouts have for him, but I think Tyke Smith would be a guy uh, that if the Bills wanted to go, even if they wanted to double dip in safety, but if they wanted to go safety third, third round, I like Tyke Smith. Tyke Smith a lot. People like, um, where was his name? Where is his name? Uh, Kalen Bullock out of USC. I think he's a guy that you can get in the second round, Lance, right? Like, I think he's a guy if you want to go get in the second round, super bursty as well, like Tyke Smith. Um, so I, I would keep your mind out for uh, Kalen Bullock out of USC. Uh, and there's one other guy that I had. Uh, Caleb Bullock's size is great, dude. 6'3, 195 as a safety. Like, that is that is a good size safety to be your free safety because he can't and he can go make a play on the ball. Something that I think Tyke Smith 
his size struggles because if you look at Tyke Smith, he's listed at 5'10", right? Like that's a huge difference when it comes to size. So when I said Tyke Smith might be more of a Poyer type because he can go play in the box and you don't need the height as much to go hit a guy in the box, I think Tyke Smith out of Georgia fits that mold. There's a chance that like a Kalen Bullock kind of fits more of that um, like a Hyde role, and I, I, I think that'd be great. And then you also have like you have Javon Bullard, his running mate at Georgia, uh, who's 5'11", 195. And I think if you go if you go look at total score right now, estimated for NFL.com combine, he's projected to have the best combine score out of all safeties. And I don't think that is talked about enough. Um, he's he's super athletic. Uh, and he might – the one thing with him, he might fit more as a nickel depending on his size – but I do think he can play safety at the next level. Uh, he's super intelligent, um, and he's good at reading and reacting. And I think he's another guy you want to keep. You want to keep your eyes out on for. So Javon Board, I would keep your eye out on for. Uh, Tyke Smith, both teammates at Georgia, and then Kalen Bullock at the University of Southern California. Outside of you know the Cameron Kitchens and the Tyron Newbins of of the world. Right on. Yeah. Like, um, did I miss any safeties that you like? No, I mean, I think that it's going to be, I'm going to be interested in watching this group. Uh, I think, you know, I had a mock with Cole Bishop on there. So it'd be cool to see out of Utah, you know, see what he, what his movement is like and see again, you know, how he, how he tests out. Cause he might fit more like Micah Hyde, right? He's 6'2, 207, and he has that more length. Uh, he's projected to be have a very good combine. Um, Good frame, I like his size. I, I like Cole Bishop. And yeah, you and I had it. We'll do another mock draft at the end because it's our show. We can, but I, I, I like uh, I like Cole Bishop. Um, Lance, like this is where the like all those guys I, I just I I named right are guys that are not going in the first round, which makes me very hesitant to even like consider the conversation of taking a safety in round one. Right, right, that is like. We'll find out as the draft goes on and then obviously as they play in the field. I don't know if there is a big enough difference or a big enough drop-off from the quote-unquote top guys in Newbin and Kitchens to the guys we just mentioned and you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, is there is there a big enough drop-off for us to, I guess, reach on a position that you don't take a lot in the first round? That's where these guys really um, are going to make their hay you know, talking about Brandon Bean and that staff is to, to do that work. Right. And say, Hey, yeah, if he's the best player on our board, when we, when we pick, then by all means, let's uh, go get him. But mm-hmm. uh, we, we got to have, uh, you know, there's other priorities here and things that, that this position group, there's just so much depth to be had. We think we can get them later, or we think we even, would be able to move up in round three, round two, whatever it may be to get this guy or, you know, in, maybe have double dipping in each of the rounds two and three or three and four, however it may work out and try to just get multiple players at a certain, you know, in a certain round where they think like, okay, this is where the bulk of this talent's going to come off the board. And if we take the, the high end talent at say receiver first, mm-hmm then maybe more of those guys will be, you know, coming off the board in the second, third, or fourth, and fifth, or however they, they view it. Lance, this feels like a draft where a lot of the safeties are going to go off the board in day two. It feels like a day two kind of safety draft. 
in my opinion. And that might actually really benefit the Bills. I, I think it could very benefit this team based off the guys uh, that we talked about. Um, Matt's coming in, Malik Mustafa. Uh, Mustafa. 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 Yeah, from uh, Wake. Uh, he's, he's supposed to be very good safety out of Wake. I don't, what's his size? I haven't looked at his size. I, that's always important. 5'10", 210. Yeah, his negative is a little bit undersized at the position, but I think can come up and probably make some plays. Um, you, know, more, you never know. These guys are like strong safeties or free safeties. It's always when you just look on paper. Sometimes you can tell by size. Um, yeah, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, at least – can come in and um, make plays, like like I said, you know, running, supporting the run game, you know, run defense and things like that. Um, his projection isn't necessarily to be more than a backup, but I mean, you know, that's the fun about this thing. Can he come out and uh, and prove prove the people wrong, you know, and then work himself in? He's going to have one of the best coaches to do that with, and that's one of the cool things about any of the young guys on defense that get brought in, especially in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to have under McDermott and then also, um, Babich being there, um, they're going to, they're going to have some really cool, uh, coaches to, to work with and, and grow their skill set to the best potential that, that they can be. And it's going to be up to them at that point to be great. Before we get to who will stand out, like player wise, you want to, you want to talk about the receivers? Yeah. Um, fuck. Wide receivers, topic of conversation. Everyone's mocking us getting multiple receivers in this draft. Are they taking them in round one, round two, round three? Uh, Lance, any receivers that kind of stand out to you that are, are in legit position to go to the Bills? So not Malik Neighbors, not Harrison Jr., right. not a Dunze. Yeah, I'm looking at guys <clears throat> like Jalen Polk. I really liked you know watching mm-hmm. him this year. Um Roman Wilson obviously has, you know, all the um, intangibles and, and the speed. You can't teach speed, so it seems like he's one of the guys that is very popular. Um, you have Malachi Corley as well, kind of a yak guy. And then one guy I'm intrigued. I want to see just how I want to see him more of him. I guess I and I'll have to go watch and and I, that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks here and up until the draft. Really is is starting to watch these guys more and more and more. And some people are further ahead in that than others. And that's fine. But for me, uh, uh, Jamari thrash out of Louisville, I think um, one of those guys that is known for, for good ball tracking skills down the field. And if you think about that play, that kind of was one of the lasting moments in our, in our minds where, you know, Diggs dropped the ball down the field. Uh, that that's a trait where I think it's heavily coveted having a guy that can track the ball down the field and, and get the Bills in position to make um, some bigger splash plays. So the, the, Jamari Thrash is kind of a, a guy that I didn't really have on my radar. And as I keep reading through and and looking at other stuff, I, I feel like he's his name pops out a little bit more. Being in this press conference today said something very, like I think, intriguing to me. Right? They want to get more explosive. They want to get more speed at the receiver receiver position. And the first guy that I thought of is Xavier Worthy out of Texas. Uh, this guy has just unbelievable explosiveness when he catches the ball. He is just a, he's a, he's a treat to watch. 
uh, Texas, and he's just he's a burner. Great hands can make anybody miss with the ball. You can have him in the second round. The one thing that is concerning with Xavier Worthy is a little bit inconsistent and a little bit of an injury concern. That's where the little slight build at only 172 pounds, right, for 6'1". So he's a little concerning at the injury situation and his build and being inconsistent. But being said, explosive, 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 Xavier Worthy is that guy. This guy can make anything happen uh, with the ball. And another guy that I don't think is talked about enough, and it's because he wasn't featured a lot at his time at Alabama. He was featured a little bit more at his time at Georgia, and that is Jermaine Burton at Alabama, a guy that wasn't heavily used in um, in, in the offense this past year at Bama, but he's a type of guy that I think probably has hidden potential, hidden talent, and I think he's a guy that can completely, completely rise up the board. And I also know people love Ricky Purcell from Florida and Javon Baker from UCF. People have been raving about both of those guys uh, recently, as well as like a Malik Washington of the world. Yeah. I think it's funny to, to think through recent draft history and, you know, do the bills still have ties with the, you know, UCF from taking Gabe Davis and those kind of things. And how much does that, if, if at all play into kind of some of their, um, some of their decisions and, and who they kind of gravitate towards. Um, Javon Baker, Matt's coming in. Javon Baker, I think that's a great um, later round guy that uh, is definitely uh, showing some. I was watching some videos of him on Twitter just before the show, too, of him, <clears throat> you know, getting that. He's got that UCF um, linkage there and and mm-hmm. i don't know if it's a linkage but i just think of i just think through like okay how how many of these things are, are building pipelines between the bill staff and some of these schools and uh you know it remains to be seen but i, I just think that that's interesting to see if, if that'll make any difference on who the bills take and, and kind of the the players and, and where they come from and how that matters so i think ricky pearsall is uh out of florida is one of the guys i'm definitely intrigued just one of the guys that will just go up and get the ball wherever it is certainly saw that at the senior bowl so um yeah all all good names and this is going to be the fun part it's just watching these guys go out and run fast and yeah. shorts like you mentioned um it's going to be pretty fun but uh definitely looking to see um some hands out there too and in those kind of drills to see um, how they fare. Uh, John Roberts coming in. Do you think Worthy is good outside? I think Worthy is a stud outside. I think his ability to go up and get a ball, uh, his, his, he's a great catch radius, and his, his his deep speed is, you can't teach it. And something that, Lance, we talked about this season and people have talked about, do the Bills have a guy on the roster that can take the top off the defense? And the answer is no. And Xavier Worthy is exactly that guy. That is a guy I would 100% keep in mind when it comes to round two because he can take the top off the defense. Um, and see a guy okay. you would move up in round two to get if they think, yeah, um, yeah, like round two is the round if you don't go receive a round one, it's probably the round you have to go move up and go get your guy because I think those are the round where maybe four or five guys go, maybe six guys max probably go in round one, and then it just becomes a crapshoot of just guys fly off the freaking board, and you need to go get your guy. He's a guy I would probably go up and get. Like, But I did say like the injury's a little issue. His slight build's a little issue. He's a little bit inconsistent. That scares me a bit, but I think when Bean mentioned explosiveness, take the top, explosiveness 
and the ability to take the top off the defense and something that this team dearly lacked this past season on the roster. I think he's a guy. Um, and then 100% his teammate, A.D. Mitchell, who I put a tweet out a couple days ago, I would take him in the first round. I think that's high for a lot of people, but I think A.D. Mitchell, Mitchell is um, is a stud. And I think his if you go watch some of his highlights, man, like his ability to go up and get that ball and high point that ball, I think that is – he's he'd be a great red zone target. And, Lance, I want to ask you, Matt brought up Javon Baker, but what about the other guy he brought up? Uh, Xavier Legette. What are your thoughts on him? Because I've I've soured on him the last couple of weeks along with the Keon Coleman uh, draft. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, this is the week to really see a little bit more um, from him. I think he, uh, we're you know, it's one of the guys I was going to bring up. Um, you know, when we talked about uh, where to go, how did you, maybe you removed it, but you know, kind of who needs to have a good showing here at the combine. I think he was kind of one of the guys I was thinking of like, go out there, show that you have great hands, show good speed, show good fluid, fluid and dynamic movements in and out of breaks. Mm -hmm. And, and let's see, I, albeit in shorts again, not against competition, you know, you still need to have that. Um, you still need to do that. Still need to make it look good when it's easiest, because that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, if you're, if you're making it look uh, bad when it's the easiest, that's obviously going to be a red, red flag. So I think it'll be you know, good to see um, him get out there and, and see how he looks through some of these drills. You know what scares me about him? Uh, his inability to get off the line of scrimmage is terrifying to me. Same thing with Keon Coleman. Guys, we have to be careful with guys that can't get off the line of scrimmage because if they struggle to get off the line of scrimmage in college. When they face guys in press coverage in the NFL, it only gets tougher. And that gives me that, that gives me I pause for concern, right? He's super athletic, he's super jumpy, right? You have all that, but if you can't get off the line, then that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And him and Keon Coleman are two guys that are very hot topics. And that those are two guys that I want to watch. I want to see if they can do that. And I don't know. Lance, like does that ever improve? It, it might, but you have to make sure like these guys can get off the line of scrimmage because you're going to face guys that are hand check. And we lost Peter. So yeah, I agree. He was saying oh, he's back. Hey man, how's it going? You know what I just did? I have two like pages up, right? One with all my button. notes and my draft prospects. And I was going, I was hitting back to go back to the board of it, right? On the website. And I hit back on StreamYard. So I'm back. There he is. Okay. What was I talking about? Uh, hand checking and at the line of scrimmage getting up. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like I said, I think that's as you call it, but I think that's a, that's a concern with him. And I think it's a concern of Keon Coleman as well. Yeah, the point you bring up about not being able to do it in college is absolutely concerning because you have to be able to do it. Um, one of the things that Eric Wood and I talked about on my one-on-one -on -one with him was just how, you know, the competition in the NFL, everyone is a stud. And so, you know, Eric was talking about going against guys in practice that were better than anybody the opposing team could put out there in front of him at times. And just so if you, you know, if you're not winning 
consistently at that at the college level, it's just going to be even more difficult at the NFL level, obviously, with the increase in talent from um, college to the pros. And I think that goes probably without me saying it, but it just it, it's I think that it was really um, telling that Eric said that with some of these guys that struggle in certain areas in college to, to say, hey, you're going to have to now do it against the best of the best. Yeah, you're going to get coaching. Yeah, you're going to be able to get some more enhanced technique and, and fundamentals maybe. Yeah. But if you don't have some um, form of consistency and success at the college level, I think some of those things are going to be tough to just overcome. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go to let's keep moving down the list. Who will stand out, Lance? Is there a prospect that maybe you think maybe not maybe look, maybe people are talking about him, or maybe they're not, but someone that you think maybe excels this week at the combine. I think a guy like Lad McConkey for me, people mm-hmm. are just in love with the guy, and I think he may continue to shine. Um, just his his pure athleticism and things like that. People, you know, have been talking about him and may continue. Uh, Roman Wilson out of Michigan, I mm-hmm. think, um, to, to name a couple of receivers. I think those guys, uh, if you're looking at 40 times, you're going to be looking at the Roman Wilsons and the Worthies, um, those kind of guys. Um, and then I think, you know, in the off, I go into the offensive line a little bit. Jackson Powers Johnson is going to continue to stand out. I believe he, he did at the Senior Bowl as well. And I think he may continue that here at the Combine. Um, those are the the three that I kind of picked out where I'm trying not to pick all just top end guys. But, um, for me, those are the guys I could see really showing out. Well, guys that have already got some momentum and then all they have to do is kind of run fast or do one, mm-hmm. one thing pretty well. And it's going to help them just, uh, improve their stock that much more. I'll go to the edge rusher room and I already mentioned him tonight. And I mentioned him a couple weeks ago, Brandon Dorless. Uh, <laughs> I like to bring him up from Oregon because, the combine is also all about intangibles and right. Like what do you bring to the table when it comes to your body size, your, your hands, your length, your athleticism. And he fits that. He fits all of that. And I think he's a guy that maybe didn't have the full production at Oregon that maybe everyone loves, but he's a guy that's going to test incredible. And he's just going to, he's going to blow you away with everything he does on the field. He might run a, a wild 40 time for his size. And I think that is, kind of scary when it comes to his type of prospect because, look, he could be overdrafted because of that, but I also think he's a guy that's going to shoot up people's <clears throat> excuse me, uh, people's draft boards. And some some guys we haven't really talked about or the this position group we haven't really talked about, uh, running backs, and Braylon Allen comes to mind for me at Wisconsin. I think he's a do-it-all running back, and I think he'll be able to test well if he's fully healthy. He'll be able to test well. And then Kendall Milton out of Georgia, right? A guy that comes from Georgia, a lineage of running backs, a, a school that produces endless talent in general, but endless talent at the running back position. Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb uh, comes to mind right away. And and you just have and you just have guy DeAndre Swift as well, James Cook. Uh, I forgot, almost forgot the guy that actually plays for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, guys that just he they scream NFL talent. And Kendall Milton, a guy like James Cook that didn't get a ton of carries because they have so many players. I think he's, he's a guy that can shoot up and maybe potentially be a late day two pick early day three pick. But I do think he can have a really good combine. Yeah. I think guys like, um, 
you know, that Bills aren't going to necessarily be looking at, but some of the tight ends to Jadavian Sanders out of Texas. Yeah. Uh, to name one. I think that it's going to be um, fun to see what Brock Bowers does out there as well, obviously. So, um, obviously, Bills probably not in the mix to draft a tight end, but uh, it's just uh, one of those position groups where you can enjoy uh, watching. You don't, you don't, you don't want to take uh, another tight end? Hey, we need a tight end three. So maybe a guy like Dick yeah. Raymond out of uh, Illinois, something like or that. Or we just trade up for Bowers and just create the most elite tight end room ever invented. Three uh, stud tight ends. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, no, I agree. Um, John Robert commented a couple minutes ago. Brendan Rice, he's a guy that people like a lot out of uh, USC. He thinks he's going to the second round. I want to watch more tape on him and kind of go back and see what he brings to the table. I don't fully know enough about him at the moment. And. Yeah, John, we were talking about earlier, Lance brought some Byron Murphy, Devondre Sweat type of guys early, uh, potentially round one. Definitely Byron Murphy would definitely be in play at 28, and I think Devondre Sweat could be in play at 28 um, as well. Yeah, we kind of have to see. That's the fun thing about the draft is you kind of have to see how the board's falling and make those split-second judgments, and that's the, like I said, that's kind of the, the thing that Bean does well. You know, you either be patient or you see a run coming and you try to get up as far as you can to get ahead of it. And mm-hmm. those are the things you have to do. So um, I don't know if round one is necessarily going to work for DT, depending on how, it, how it, you know, everyone's going up to get the offensive players and, and the defense players drop down. Um, you know, you may have to uh, be looking at trying to move up and be more aggressive to get that top end offense player that you want. Um, rather than sitting back and just taking the top defense player. But with with the roster construction we currently have, that may not be something that that we do this year. Um, It's been an MO of Brandon to to move up and and go get guys, but you know, they may have to sit back and and take their pick of definite best player available and just fill out the roster as much as they can. And their needs are going to change substantially between now and the draft anyway. So that's one of the things that it's fun to see. Yeah, we don't have um, a lot of people signed right now, but remember, you know, free agency starts um, in a couple of weeks here, and then we're going to have more than one D tackle signed at the, you know, going into the draft. So yeah. you have and to remember know, that. Free agency changes stuff. Yeah, free agency is is coming first. It's it's a little bit premature to talk about the draft, but with the combine being now. <clears throat> you know that's kind of the topic of discussion at this time and i think next week as we kind of go over the combine results and things we're going to touch a little bit on kind of what what steam is is being gained in the free agency and, and things like that as well so i think um this this time of year is always fun it's uh full of what could be and possibilities um would be more fun sitting here as super bowl champions but yeah, is what it is uh, we're pushing our luck on time right now. So under the radar prospects, it could be prospect as well. I have one guy that comes to mind, but Lance, anybody that comes to mind? I was kind of talking about Jamari Thrash. I don't know if he's necessarily under the radar, but I just think, you know, could be a good get um, for the Bills. Uh, if he, you know, if he slips down um, a little bit to the end of the second round or, you know, I don't think he'd go into the third round, but we'll see. Um, so that was kind of one of the guys I was thinking. Um, other than that, I think that 
we talked about Jordan Jefferson already. Mm-hmm. So it's some kind of some of the guys we already talked about, uh, really for mm-hmm. me, um, that I that I had as as under the radar as well. I think Jordan Jefferson, just with that sheer size, is is a great fit in Buffalo, like I said, to play next to Ed Oliver. Um and it sounds like uh, you know, we have some more to do under the radar. Could be a guy like Mason Smith there. <laughs> you know, we didn't uh, have him um right away pulled up here. I found him since, but um, you know, that could be another guy um, that that is under the radar. I, I did I did the article three uh, on. So if you check out BillBuffaloNews.com, we have a lot of great writers. We do a lot of great content. I wrote an article yesterday, three under the radar prospects to watch at the combine. Right, talked about Tyke Smith earlier from Georgia. Lance stole the thunder with Jordan Jefferson from LSU, and the first guy I wrote about is an, a receiver, and that is Jalen McMillan the receiver out of Washington, a guy that doesn't get a lot of love because he's behind a Dunzu and Polk. Um, and a guy that this past year had a very up and down year at Washington. Lance, can you pull up his draft buzz? I want to see where they have him projected going. If you don't mind why I read some of his stats, but uh, this past season at Washington, he had 45 receptions for 559 yards and five touchdowns in 11 games. But the year before, was his better year of his career. 13 games, he had uh, 79 receptions for 1,098 yards and nine touchdowns. So he's had a very productive career at Washington. The one thing that I think makes him not a high pick in this draft potentially is his speed. He doesn't have great burst, but I do think um, he can play in the slot, but I think you can also flex him on the outside. And I think he's a very physical receiver. And I think he's a guy on tape that, I think excels. So he's a guy I'm interested to see. He Lance, he might be a guy that I don't think runs particularly great this week, but I do think that might benefit him for the Bills' sake of trying to maybe double dip a receiver. What is draft? Yeah, he's a third round uh, grade on him. Okay, I bet you he finally goes into the fourth round. But yeah, he's a guy that I like. Excellent. Um, yeah, I think um, there's no short. I mean, I'll say that this certainly with. Skill positions. This draft has plenty of them. There's certainly a lot of guys that have um, good talent. We we're talking about getting off the line of scrimmage. One of the guys that's you know shown here with good size and gets off the line of scrimmage is Zakari Franklin from Ole Miss. So um, another guy with good hands and good sense of awareness, things like that. So I think that you know he's um, a guy later in the draft that you could look at grabbing and seeing, you know, how he turns out um, an outside X receiver projected um, actually projected as a UDFA. So we'll see if he works his way um, actually into being uh, drafted. Uh, John in the comment section asked about McMillan, what round third, fourth round probably kind of fits end of day two, early day three is probably the round. So he's a guy that if the bills want to double dip, not as explosive or has the burst or speed as other receivers, but I think he's very reliable, has great hands. I think he can play inside and out. Could be kind of that versatile, versi- the, guy with versi- um, the guy that's very versatile. So I think the Bills, maybe if they want to double dip, that maybe is the, the guy. He can't probably be the only guy that you probably walk away with this draft, in my opinion, at the receiver position, but he's a guy that I wouldn't complain about if they wanted to double dip at all. Um... Lance, you put this into our banners. So I'm gonna before we get to our simulator to end tonight's episode. And as always, if you guys missed this episode, you can rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just rewind. And if you prefer a podcast version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, 
or wherever you get your podcast. Just type in Built and Buffalo Podcast Network. It comes out tomorrow morning. You you put this banner. Uh, touch on this quickly, before, not quickly, but touch on this before we get to our draft simulator. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, we haven't really talked about it, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, uh, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. skipping the combine. And um, how do you think that affects? Do, do more people in the future now start to say, hey, I'm good. I've shown you everything I need to yeah. put on tape. Um, you know, I'm going to rest up and, and take care of myself. It, it depends. Like, it depends on the prospect, right? Like, there's a handful of guys that are not throwing this week, uh, quarterback wise, for at the combine. Like, Drake May's not throwing uh, this week. I don't think Caleb Williams is throwing this week either. They also could be waiting for their pro day, so they're kind of in their their controlled environment, their their home field kind of thing. Um, they have their own coaches there. It's kind of a little bit more staged, in my opinion. Those those pro days, but. Lance, it depends on the prospect, right? Like, if you're Marvin Harrison Jr., you don't need to show a single thing this week at the combine. The worst thing that could happen is you pull a hammy or you yank something or something, and you and then you get injured. And as we know, the best ability is availability. Uh, and I don't think Marvin Harrison needs a show. But for the majority, when I say majority, I probably mean 96 to 97% of the guys that are going to be drafted or signed as a UDFA need to show up to the combine. So I don't yeah. think it's going to become a trend because I think we've seen this in the past. Uh, I, I just don't think there's going to be enough guys because enough guys need to raise stock and enough guys have s- certain traits that they know and that their agents tell them, you are going to excel this week. It's going to raise your stock and eventually you need to get drafted higher, maybe to a better situation. You make more money, all that kind of things. Lance, like maybe the neighbor's conversation starts. Do we take Malik neighbors over in Marvin Harrison Jr. Like that could start potentially, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. does not need to show anything else. He's the clear cut number one uh, receiver in this class. And in my opinion, he's the number two prospect in this class behind uh, Caleb Williams. Right on. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that it's enough where um, people do need to show up and, and show out to improve their, their own, stock and i don't think it's going to be too much of a trend but it is just funny to see and a little bit interesting that um i guess he he feels like he's done enough and i can't hate on it um would be fun to see that official 40 time come out at the combine but he doesn't want to run it dude yeah he doesn't want to run it like i don't think he needs to yeah he doesn't need to not not at all I think it only could hurt him this week. I don't think there's nothing you can do. Like, what is he going to become? Like the second, third, like you know what I mean? He's a top five pick. He's not falling out of top five, and I think at that point it doesn't matter. Um, it's a good question though. Um, you want to get to the simulator? Want to end tonight's with this little four round simulator? Because we're not doing a full. We'll do a full round before the draft. Um, maybe maybe next week after the combine. Four rounds, Lance. Yep. Pull it up here. And as oh, oh, did I not tweet last week's episode? Draft? Yeah, oh we no, did. we didn't. Oh, we didn't have one last week because we didn't do an episode. Right. Um, as always, if you do miss this, I will get this on social media later in the week. Uh, you can find it under either me or Lance's Twitter or the Bill and Buffalo Twitter account. One of it's retweeted and tweeted and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you do miss this, oh, is this is this the pick we got? Oh, I mean, looked. Oh, you started, man. You rocked and loaded. Okay, go up. I we I the one thing I hate about mock drafts I try to change it every time because it gets boring when you're selecting the same. Fr- 
maybe we should make ourselves pick like a different position every time. Make us go D tackle. You know, make us go edge. Make us go edge. We'll change it up, Lance. Right? Is, do you, yeah, do you agree? I don't know. But is there, like I said, and this is kind of the guy we talked about the whole time is Chap yeah. Robinson being no. a guy, you know, at the, at the position, you know, at the first end of the first round, you know, he could be best player available by moments. What, what are your thoughts to just we switch it up a little just to keep it like spicy? Yeah, choppy. I'll give chop. We'll make it a little choppy because his name is Chop. We're chopping it up here on the Blitz. Okay, now go to receiver, please. See, now we got Polk as the first receiver. Brendan Rice, Rice Malachi. Corley. Hey, McMillan. Going Wilson. A little. Jamari Thrash, you like? I don't know if round two. Yeah, Wilson mm. would be more intriguing here with the speed. Would you go Wilson or would you go like a Brendan Rice out of USC? Yeah, I wonder how much the lineage there helps Brendan Rice. Uh, maybe that gets some. I need to do more on Brendan Rice. And don't touch Johnny Wilson because I'm going to come into your house and smack you because Johnny Wilson's a freaking tight end. You want? Oh, go Brendan Rice. Go for it. Why not? I will. I think I'm okay with Brendan Rice, Polk, or Roman Wilson there. I think I'm okay with any of those three type of players. Like Washington, Javon Baker. Javon Baker, sir, in the third. Are we double dipping, Lance? Are we double dipping, man? Go to safeties quickly. Or yeah, we do have other. Cole Bishop. Cole Bishop, sir. Um, who? Uh, oh, we talked about Malik Mustafa. We talk about. Yeah, hmm. I'm thinking. Maybe Go to D tackle as well. Go to D tackle as well. I like I I like Leonard Taylor, man. Darius Robinson won't be there, man. I'm gonna put that out there. I'm not gonna. I don't think we should take him because I don't think he'll be there. Justin yeah, Rodgers. Sure. That's go, a tough I thing. I don't think these sites are quite updated all the time, and and yet until everything, you know, comes out, this is. I like Leonard Taylor. Really That's your pick. And unless you want to go safety, we can go safety. I didn't see any safeties that. It'd be Cole Bishop. Yeah, we already did it. Or it's. Yeah, it's freaking Cole Bishop. We got to go safety here, dude. Got to do it. No, we have to, but who's the best? I don't even know who the hell that guy is. Oh, Sam Vaki. Who, who? Someone commented. Oh, go to the, the weak guy still there that Matt commented about. Right there. You missed him. Go up. Malik. Matt commented he liked him. Should we trust Matt? Let's trust him. He stinks, Matt. You're fired. <laughs> not a bad draft but it it's intriguing it's fun to do because you can see what happens if you do different positions based off round one right kind of as a chain reaction it's not a bad draft uh, i, didn't, uh, I, I do agree like... round two if you have roman wilson jalen polk or brendan rice i'm okay with any of those three guys i really am so we'll get I that know. out on social media later uh this week I gotta try to save it though. Save it, or I'm gonna have to somehow find a way to do the same same exact draft until I get it exactly right. You didn't save it, did you? You didn't save it, did you? Nope, lost it. Oh, well. I don't know if I was signed in. My fault. Okay, so you when we sign off, Lance, what's your job? Get it back. Redo the draft until we figure it out because we need to be able to tweet that later this week. 
because people wait for us to tweet. Um, yeah, this uh, this simulator is interesting. Uh, obviously, it's weird how... You want to pull a PFF sim simulator quickly? Yeah, we can. We can change it up. We'll do four rounds of PFF. Let's change it up, man. We got time. And, and... I don't know if we got time, but... Welcome I don't know if we care. What's up, everyone? How are we doing? If you're on Apple Podcast right now, uh, you're probably so freaking confused. I just realized that. Or Spotify or Odyssey. Uh, guys, we'll be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Like I said in the beginning of the show, recapping uh, tonight's or this week's combine and moving along with our draft coverage. Got a lot. It's coming up. And, you know, we also have a lot, Lance. Freaking free agency coverage. Here we go. Did you do four rounds? Four rounds, yep. PFF's so different, dude. All right, Chop. PFF needs a freaking update. Go AD Mitchell. Nah. Nah. Who the who the D tackles there? I like draft was so much better. PFF drives me nuts. You're right there. You're in both. Uh, doesn't uh, you, you screwed yourself. This is great television right now, Lance. Absolutely. Devondre sweat, but I wouldn't take him here. Okay, go receiver. Go to the best receiver you like. Okay, Devondre sweat, Devondre sweat, Devondre sweat, Devondre sweat. Devondre sweat, Devondre sweat. Oh, my. Safety, 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 safety. Same freaking drafts. Special teams. You know what? Take a damn kicker. Tyke Smith, Tyke Smith, Tyke Smith. This is awesome. I like this one so much better. Bray went out. Now, Jack, don't take Brown. Don't take Brown out. Do you, what else do we need? Who's the best edge rusher available? Who are you looking for? Just seeing. Just reading off the. Seeing if uh, Jackson Power Johnson slipped down I mean, the fourth Lance, round. Well. Lance, you might have to kiss that dream <laughs> goodbye, man, because you're so sad, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't, I don't like any of those edge rushers. Go back to receivers. Freaking double dip, man. No. No. nothing. No. No. Brew no. McCoy, come on, get on the Brew McCoy train. No, Dominic Levette's good. I think he's coming back though. Can we update your shit, PFF. He's coming back. You gonna take him? Yeah, you're frustrated, aren't you? Yep. I don't like PFF. PFF drives me nuts. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and get the read uh, that. Done. Okay. Yeah, we gotta, uh, we gotta go. Want to get out of here, man? Yes, sir. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Um, Lance, who we sponsored by as always, and shout out any Built in Buffalo stuff. Yeah, check out Built in Buffalo all week. Got a Going Deep podcast. Got the Hoof podcast joining the network. Um, Buffalo Basement. The Founders podcast with Dave Myers and Akeem Richens coming back this Saturday. And uh, Red Zone Report on Sunday as always. Um, stay tuned. Uh Buffalo against the world is going to be making its return soon and just keep an eye out. We're going to be doing some exciting stuff. We've got uh, a potathon coming up in April. 
um, that I'm going to be involved in. Got a potential uh, event in in May or June that we're working on uh, with some exciting sponsors. So uh, just keep your eyes peeled to Built in Buffalo, and we appreciate it. We're sponsored here at the Buffalo Blitz by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code Blitz when you sign up and get your first deposit matched up to $100. We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. As always, if you missed this episode, rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Just type in Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure you, like Lance said, check out everything Built in Buffalo, Built in Buffalo News.com, all the social medias, and as always, rest of the podcasts and the shows that are coming out to the remainder of this week. We'll be back next Tuesday. Hopefully you guys enjoy the combine. Next week we'll be recapping it. But as always, he was Lance, and I was Peter, and go Bills. Go Bills.